Welcome to the Write, Sell, Succeed podcast, where it's all about the message you convey that compels your customers to pay. And now, here's your host, Gloria Rand. Welcome to Write, Sell, Succeed. I am Gloria Rand, your host of the podcast. And today I've got a very special guest. I'm going to be interviewing author and primetime TV and radio host, a keynote speaker, uh, global business celebrity, Jeffrey Hazlett. He's a leading business expert. He's been cited in magazines like Forbes, Success, Mashable, and he's been sharing his business insight and commentary with lots of folks, and he's got great uh, expertise, and he's got also has a new book that is out as well. It is called Think Big, Act Bigger, and it's a Excellent book, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit in the interview today. But uh, first off, I would just like to uh, welcome you, Jeffrey, to Write, Sell, Succeed. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be with you today. Well, great. Well, I wanted to start off with today just kind of asking you a little bit um, for those few people out there who may not know you, um, just to kind of share a little bit about sort of your personal journey and how it's led you to where you are today. Well, I don't know if we have enough time to explain all the journey that we've been, but it's because it's been a lot of it's been uphill and some of it downhill. But, you know, uh, I live in South Dakota. I'm from South Dakota. That's where I'm originally from. I I, well, not originally, originally, originally I was from Charleston, West Virginia, but I call home home South Dakota. And then I live in New York as well. Um, because we have a television studio here, and my radio show is also based at CBS. So, um, and then we have offices in New York, LA, San Francisco, Sioux Falls. I own a number of different businesses, set on about 14 boards of directors for different companies in various sizes, some public, some private. And um, and we, you know, the companies that I own, hopefully they're all high growth, but not all of them sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I bought and sold over 250 companies in my career, well over. $25 billion in transactions, and I've been a Fortune 100 CMO. And now I'm back in doing small business again, back for uh, doing business for myself. Well, oh, excellent. Well, uh, it's good to hear that, you know, that you've, you're certainly well-versed in dealing with a lot of different businesses. And, and, and I guess that's kind of what maybe I see. I, the fact that you're involved with small business now, I, I'm suspecting that's part of the reason why you came up with this book, Think Big, Act Bigger, and the subtitle is The Rewards of Being Relentless. So. Right. Why do you say it's so important for business owners to have a relentless attitude? Well, you know, it's not just for business owners. This this book, you know, Think Big, Act Bigger, is as much a personal manifesto as it is for your business, but it's as much small business as it is big business because my frustrations really came out of big, big businesses for the most part. I got sick and tired of of watching and hearing all these excuses in, in, in our lives. You know, whether you, oh, I want to spend more time with my family or... I want to uh, be able to do this, this, or this in business. And I keep, you know, in fact, in the book, there's like two and a half pages just of excuses uh, from people of why they can't do things. And I'm just sick and tired of it. And so what I did was, uh, you know, start saying, hey, no one's putting a gun to your head saying you can't do this or you can't, you know, you can't do that. Uh, We start listening to all these little voices that go off in our heads. And I'm saying, quit inviting those people to dinner. You know, quit inviting those little voices to show up in your conversations because you don't need them. And it's really about saying, no, I want to do these things, setting those conditions of satisfaction and getting them done. 
Awesome. Well, I noticed the the other thing, one of the things you said in the book was that you'd rather succeed fast than fail fast. And can you explain that a little bit? Because I know I I know I hear a lot of, you know, people say, oh, well, yeah, it's good. It's good to fail. You know, you you know, a lot of people fail. But failing sucks. Failing is the worst (laughs) thing in the world. Failing is for losers. You know, I want to win fast. That's what you want to do is you want to win fast. You don't want to fail fast. Look, and people ask me, they said, Jeff, what's your biggest failure? I said, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. You know, Mm -hmm. so. Um, that's the mentality. I don't even remember half of them because those are just steps towards winning. It's not about, you know, dwelling on the failures. It's about dwelling on what we have to do to win. That's what you should be focused on, not, not on what we did bad. Let's focus on what we do great, and let's get to that as much as possible. So I want you to take failure by the neck and choke it to death, choke it off, because <laughs> that doesn't work for you. You've got to win. And there's, you know, the only thing you've got, especially when it comes to small business or any business for that matter, is change, adapt, or you die. That's pretty much it. And so that's what you need to do. You need to change. You need to adapt. You need to grow your business or you're going to die. And because if you're not moving up, you're moving out. And and you really have to get that focus on there. So no, this isn't about failure. And and I just I think we've been in a failure mentality for too long. People have been taking it like a, some kind of badge of courage. Stop wearing it. I'd rather see, a you know, to me, that's a big L, big loser badge. Mm-hmm. Let's Let's get a winner badge. That's what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I definitely I definitely agree with you on that because I I know that it's if you're going to succeed, you have to be able to have that mentality to be able to think think positively. If you're just dwelling on failure, then that's probably is what you're going to attract more of. And I think dealing with success is a lot better. Um, now, one of the stories that cracked me up in the book, you you also talked about. Um, Involved the scene from the movie Up with the dog who got yeah. sidetracked by squirrels, which I can relate to because my dog Sophie is obsessed with squirrels. Every time we go for a walk, <laughs> she's, you know, anytime she sees one, just this morning was like, no, just leave it, leave it. I'm telling her. But but how how does that really, how does that relate to business and, and what things I, people have to kind of watch out for? Well, it all, it all deals with focus, doesn't it? And the focus mm-hmm. of what's at hand. And, and so I talk about business owners need to kill squirrels. We need to make mm-hmm. squirrels our, our enemies and kill them wherever possible. And it comes from the movie up uh, where I just thought that was a great analogy, great story, a wonderful movie of this Ed Asner character and a young scout who make their way inadvertently to Paradise Falls. And in Paradise Falls, they run into Doug the talking dog who's been outfitted with a collar that his owner has uh, given to them, evil master. But Doug is the nicest dog in the world. And he comes up to you, I am Doug the talking dog. You can hear my innermost thoughts. I think you're a very nice person, squirrel. <laughs> and then he gets distracted like dogs do. That's what right. dogs do. But yeah. that happens in our business every single day. We get distracted by what's going on out there, by all the little things. Pretty soon you're on Facebook doing your social media, and two hours later you, oh, what have I done? You know. <laughs> so it's really about getting focus. And what are the five, six, ten things that you need to get done during the day? And then get them done, you know. Uh, and I look, I'm I'm as bad as anyone. I've got list and list right here, right now, of <laughs> things that I've been carrying around for months. Well, stop doing that. And I, luckily, those aren't getting in the way of me doing my big things because I really too try to get the big things done. But that's really what we have to do. We have to kill the squirrels. We have to kill those distractions, that, you know, that cause us um, to to go off course. Mm-hmm. And or to suck up our time when you really got to get these things done that are most important for you. Yeah. How how do you do that? I mean, what 
because you're saying you do have the stack of things, but how how do you try to be able to manage things a little bit Well, there's a, a couple of things. One of the things I, I actually put in the book, and see if I can even turn to the page, but there's an inverted triangle that I put in here, and everybody likes to put the triangle, uh, here it is right here, yeah. That I put a little inverted triangle in here, and most people put the most important things at the top. I invert it and put the most the most important things at the top, but the widest portion at the top means I want to spend more time with those fewer items as possible. Mm -hmm. So I put the most important items up the top and spend the most time. So that's my inverted time factor as well mm -hmm. as my, you know, my normal, normal, you know, everyday kind of pyramid, which says most important things at the top. So that's what I do. And so it, it helps me to focus. And actually we show uh, an actual, you know, one of my real stuff, the stuff that I was working on at the time, which is, mm -hmm. I think there's in there's, in fact, I looked at it when it was coming through on the, the final uh, go and I'm going, oh, maybe I shouldn't have that in there uh, <laughs> because that was, you know, some TV deals and some other things that we oh, were yeah. working on. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't put that in there, but we did <laughs> because now you see the real stuff. Very good. Awesome. Now, one of the things you also talked about in the book, which I, I think definitely have run into this with folks is that many people think that it's difficult to meet and get a hold of people, especially <laughs> like high level executives or celebrities. And, but, but the truth is you do have to ask. In fact, I asked you to be on the podcast and you agreed, even though we've really, we've never met in person. We've only, we're only connected through LinkedIn. So can you expl uh, maybe, or give some advice for people and explain why they really shouldn't have to be afraid to ask. Well, we're all people, right? Yeah. So just ask. What's, what's the worst thing you could say? I'd say no. So right. then you ask again, you ask again, you ask again until finally you get what you want, right? I mean, there's a great example in the book where we did the Celebrity Apprentice. I was working at Kodak looking to put a product on air um, with some kind of attention to it because we were out fighting Big Ink at the time. And so I told the team, let's get an apprentice. And they said, well, we don't know Donald Trump. I said, well, call him up. Get him. Let's get a hold of him. Figure it out. And they said, we can't call Donald Trump. And I said, give me the phone. So I called, <laughs> literally called Don, the 411, asked for Donald Trump, got his phone number, and left him a message and called me back 15 minutes later. Now. There's a little bit more to the story about what kind of message I left and how I left that message because mm -hmm. I'm not stupid. So I leave good <laughs> messages that say, put a time factor to him, you know, mm -hmm. to appeal to what he wanted to hear, which right. is that he's he's big, he's wonderful, he's all those kinds of things that he thinks he is. And um, I'm going to spend some money with him. And then I took a little twist. If he didn't call me back, I'd spend it with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh -huh. so I, awesome. yeah, and basically what I did was I got a hold of his assistant, said, you know, this is Jeffrey Hazel, Chief Marketing Officer of Eastman Kodak. And I said to him, quite frankly, I have a couple million dollars we'd like to spend with Mr. Trump. If he could call me back in the next 30 minutes, I can, we can make those arrangements. If he can't call me in 30 minutes, I'm totally okay. We're just going to move on to the next person on the list. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah I love that story. I think that that was very good, especially the way you did that with the, you know, putting a little leverage in there and seeing if that would help. Me well, because, ten, ten, yeah. Tension's yeah. a good thing. Having tension's a good deal. You know, in business, we're so afraid of putting tension into the business. And I don't, I don't understand that. They have a saying in sports, no pain, no gain. Well, where mm -hmm. the hell is the tension? So you should have some tension. We need tension in business. Healthy debate is a very, very good thing in your business. Mm, absolutely. Now, with one thing I wanted to ask you is with all the clients you've helped, have you found that there is any common obstacle or roadblock that a lot of people seem to be dealing with? Yeah, it's in their head. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's complacency. It's not being relentless. Only the relentless win. I mean, that is truly it. And it's the people, you know, we get lazy. There's all kinds of reasons why. Um, you know, we can make a whole list of them. And, and I have of why you don't do that. It, you know, the biggest thing we don't, the, re- the biggest reason why we don't do it is, is because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's it's not it's not easy. If everyone if it was easy, everyone would do it. It's right. called hard work because it's freaking hard. <laughs> and so that's the nature of it. But you know what? After a hard workout, after I work hard, after a good hard project, I feel great. Mm-hmm. And and there's a reward with that, and that's the reward of being relentless. Yeah, absolutely. That that's really good. I I love that. Um I know that you've you're an author. You've been writing books. You get uh, this is your third book. Third, and, third book, yeah. Third yeah. best, uh, third bestseller. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I know there's a lot of um, you know experts out there that are that will say that writing a book is a great way for a small business owner to actually gain credibility um, when they're trying to be able to attract uh, clients. So, what advice would you actually give a, an entrepreneur if they want to be able to go out and, and write a book, especially to use it as a way to be able to uh, Kind of promote their business and be able to get more to get well, more clients. Think about think about what you want to get. Just like I mentioned, the conditions of satisfaction before you begin. So, understand why you're doing it. You're writing it for fame, or you're writing it for fortune. If you're writing it for fortune, you know, good luck because here's why. <laughs> The, the, there are over 3 million uh, books published this next year, over 390,000 business books that would be put out in North America this year alone. Of the 390-odd thousand business books, um, the average lifespan of a business book is 7,500 copies. Hmm. So when someone like me sells 250 copies in the first couple of weeks, that means somebody else is not selling any, right? <laughs> right. And um, and so the key is it's it's a very, very hard business to be in when it comes to selling books. Now, if you're doing it for the recognition, if you're doing it for the positioning, you're using it as a marketing tool or sales tool, good on you. Very smart because it does establish you as a thought leader, as an expert, as a person who's, you know, once it's in print or it's Mm -hmm. in a digital form, it does help you and it does give you a lead generation tool. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, you know, I might be selling a million of these before I'm done. This is a great lead generation tool for me, you know, to go and host a dinner and, and have 20 CEOs or CMOs or CFOs or CIOs at a dinner and then sign the book for them. Great lead generation tool. Hmm. Awesome. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Was, <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, that's okay. Um, I've been doing a lot, of inter- a lot of interviews. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time um, to speak with me uh, and, and our listeners because uh, that we have for this. Is there anything else, I guess, any other important, yeah, important, if I can speak, um, point that you'd like to make about <laughs> the book and what really that, uh, you know, small business owners in particular can take to heart from it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing about Think Big, Act Bigger, and, you know, I'm sitting here in my office in New York City right now in a very open environment with all the team and the members. And and the most important thing, I think, is you want to keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing and have some kind of, like, servant mentality with it. And what I mean by that, I actually have a story in the book about cleaning your own bathrooms. Hmm. Now, even when I was a CMO at Fortune 100 companies, I cleaned the bathrooms for the women and the men wow. on our floor. Because one, I like to clean bathroom and I still do that today. You know, the day before yesterday, I stopped in here, or no, yesterday was was a Monday and I stopped in and I cleaned the bathroom here. 
Why? Because one, I like a clean bathroom, and two, it shows that I can. I'll do those things. And if I'm doing that as a business owner, as a CEO of a, of a company, then nobody can complain about anything else. I mean, and if and I think also it's important for you to keep your hands dirty. And it is in the business is a, is a euphemism for knowing how Salesforce works, knowing how your CRM system works, knowing how you can send this out, knowing what the packaging line looks like, you know, knows, knows every aspect of whatever service that you're providing or whatever product you're providing. Not that you have to do every single one of those, but by knowing it and mm. knowing other people's roles and jobs, you can help them do their job better. Awesome. That's great advice. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be able to My pleasure. Uh, <laughs> to uh, share some great advice for uh, for business owners of all size. And uh, I highly recommend uh, that uh, folks pick up the book because I, I devoured it in the, just a few, couple days and it was really good. So I really appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, it's so cool. One of the cool things is when you're actually, when I see it on, even on an ebook, even though this is a hard copy, but the ebooks, mm-hmm. we're starting to see that the average read time is five hours, 19 minutes. Oh. We see that there's 28 passages that have been highlighted over, I think, 3,000 times on an ebook. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of fun to be able to get that statistics and those things back and see what people really resonate with the book and what they like with, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Well, thank you, and we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Right Sell Succeed podcast. Want more information? Visit GloriaRand.com. And don't forget to follow Gloria on Twitter, at Gloria Rand. Let Gloria know you're listening. Use the hashtag RightSellSucceed. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.